a can of the goose is what, you know, give dad his, uh, you know, everything he's got pretty much. And, yeah. uh, and that's what he would give back. You know, everybody said, well, let's shoot him out. Let's shoot him out. He said, I ain't shooting none of them there. He said, it, he said they're safe here. He said, I'm going to take care of them right here. He said, they've taken care of me. Oh, that's pretty cool. Welcome to the DSD Hunting Podcast, and if you haven't figured it out yet, um, our guest today, he doesn't need any introduction. He is a three-time senior world's goose calling champion, the youngest ever to win such a title at the age of 16, and uh, owner, operator of Tim Grounds Goose Calls, Mr. Hunter Grounds. Glad you guys had me on here today. It's, uh, it's an honor, no doubt about it. Oh, buddy, the honor is ours. It is all on this side of the microphone. Absolutely. Let me tell you. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate this a lot, Hunter. Yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, giving me the opportunity. And it, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely no doubt about it. The, uh, in my opinion, it's they're the BSD's. Uh, best full body uh decoy uh out there no doubt about it and then the, the big thing is it's uh made right here in the usa you know and that's uh it don't get any better right on well that means a lot coming from you we appreciate that a lot yeah yeah that that means a lot to us hunter but really honestly buddy we're, we're not here to talk about dsd today <laughs> man we we want to we want to pick your brain we want to we want to talk about about the the history of the short re goose call and and about your business and and um man, legacy I, yeah the legacy and and uh man i tell you what like the the fact that that you had won the world's three times by the age of 20 you wanted it 16 18 and 20 right yes sir yep man i just want to know because i tried briefly and and failed miserably i might i might add Same uh, my hand at goose calling contests how how do you get up there with these with these big shots um when you're 16 years old how do you get up there and on that huge stage there in eastern maryland and keep your composure i mean what is that like can you describe to us what that emotion <laughs> was like well it, 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 at that time um, I was going out there just for, you know, the junior world. Um, and I didn't, I didn't ever even, even have it in my mind that something like this, you know, was going to play out that, you know, on that weekend, I just, I was going, um, when I was 16, you know, my last year, um, in the juniors, um, and that's what I was going for, you know, and, and I, I was fortunate enough in 1999, the year Kelly Powers won, um, I got, I got fifth and I, that's, you know, that was the same, the same thing. I just was going out for the juniors. And when that happened, you know, it was shocking. Um, it really was. And I mean, very humbling that, uh, you know, at that age I was able to make that, you know, with such a, you know, a group of talented callers like that, which, um, you know, it, I ended up getting fifth when I was 12, but then, um, you know, from 99 to, uh, or 2000, I should say, uh, I think Sean Stahl won that, that year, but, uh, 2000 and 2001 and two, I don't, I wasn't in, I didn't make it in the top five. Um, uh, you know, and I was just going out there. That was the year I think I, I got second or something in juniors. I won the juniors, uh, two times. And then 2003, I was, 
my last year. So that's, I said, man, I, you know, I really wanted to get get that third junior world title. Uh, it was my last year, and I was fortunate enough to uh, to win that. And because um, see, the the preliminaries are on Friday night, the first and second round. Well, the uh, you don't know how you know you just know what the top five is going to be, and then you got to come back on Saturday and call in the finals. Well, I made it in the finals of junior. I made it in the finals of the Mason Dixon Junior uh, Duck, and then we went uh, and blew the first two rounds in the. Uh, the senior world and I made the second I made the first round and they come back after the second round and they they called my name and I just I, I it really didn't sink in really I just was thinking I didn't have a I didn't have a, there was no doubt in my mind that I, I mean or even the question I was even thinking about when this contest you know and and uh I was just thinking you know I made the top five that's what I was happy about you know and and uh you know the way it all played out I mean it was just uh it they had me a, you know, a pretty good margin, I guess, ahead. And, uh, you know, I, and then Saturday night, I blew a pretty good routine, um, that third round. And then, you know, I, and then, you know, they called out and I won the junior Mason Dixon and I won the junior world. And then this played out and I just, I was in awe. I just really didn't know <laughs> See. how to, you know, what it just, it didn't really sink in really, you know, and then, and then, you know, that's, that's when kind of the light switch, kicked on and that's when you know because there for a few years i wasn't making the top five and none of these none, none of these opens you know senior opens and it was getting pretty frustrating and and uh and it was just i mean automatically like a light switch and it just started happening started happening and then i went to win and and uh you know i had a i had a pretty good run there for a while and uh, uh but that 16 out of all three of the Three of the senior world titles that I've had, that was that was that was a pretty pretty special, um, pretty special moment, and uh, you know, in my life, uh, uh, to do something like that, and and uh, you know, I just it's, I feel very fortunate that I was able to, to do something like that at you know sixteen. You know, it's uh, now now what I do at sixteen nowadays with the quality of callers, the way that calling is you know come about from that time, just a short you know oh three, and we're in two thousand nineteen. It has come so far. Um, nowadays, I mean, the first 18 guys in a contest or 20 guys in a contest, uh, there's 17 of them that can win on any given day, you know? Right, buddy. But who do you think gave them the, the inspiration and the confidence to do that? I mean, I guarantee you, they looked at Hunter grounds, you know, winning it at the age of 16 and, and man, you inspired a lot of people. Yeah, I guarantee it. Well, it, it, you know, I I hope it did. And uh, you know, I hope it, uh, it gives uh, you know the kids nowadays to strive to be 15 years old um, and be the you know the youngest uh, to ever do it. I mean that's what uh, I want somebody to set their set their goals and I want them to I want them to beat that you know and it's uh, that's uh, that's what it's all about, man. It's because uh, I'll tell you what there's there's not um, it's 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 on the downhill slide. I'm, I'm afraid and it's there's not as many kids getting into the the call and. Uh, like there was whenever I was that age, you know, and it's uh, it's sad to say, but it's it's I'm not seeing the 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 interest, I should say, and then plus, you know, it's just it takes uh, you know it takes so much to get to, to get to these contests, and it's uh, I, I really I would like to see it. I'd like to see somebody you know younger than me do that one day and and be a you know and win the senior world championship. I mean that that would be a that would be awesome. Uh, Is there? Um, it, there's not a there's not an age requirement, is there, to to get into nope. to enter the senior division? You can be as young as nope. you want. 
Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Huh. Um, now, before I forget, what call were you using when you won it? And it was a it was it was a Pro Super Mag, and it had it had the triple crown triple crown guts and had the worn in guts we we offer. Yep. Yep. And is that the call you used all three times you won the the worlds? Yep. Yeah. I, I uh, believe it or not, I had. Uh, I don't know if it was all three of those worlds, but. Uh, I, I'm almost positive. Oh five and oh seven, I went three years with the same read. Believe that or not, I, I mean, wow. I, I just it, that's crazy. I know, and I, I, there's guys that you know blow three rounds, and you know they go through a read, and it's I've never, which I don't, I don't practice with my call. I don't. I get my. I get a backup, and I, I once I get that thing right. I baby it. I don't. I don't mess with it. I leave it up on the shelf. Huh? That's really um, interesting. I leave it put up. I don't. I just because when you get a, when you get a read and you get confidence in that, I don't want to mess. I hate to mess something up that's good, you know. And and uh, I went three years without that, and I about cried whenever that thing went. Oh man! I <laughs> so did you have a bunch yeah. of spare calls that were tuned almost exactly the same that you could just blow like crazy to practice and uh, keep your strength up? They were they were close. They were close. close. Um, I always had a call that was, when I practice, I always have one that's a little bit stiffer than what I can handle mm-hmm. to get my wind built up. Because when you get up there, you're, you know, your adrenaline's going and, uh, you know, it, it's going to seem a little bit easier. But I always just did that just for kind of, uh, you know, get get your uh, get yourself in, you know, your lungs in shape and get your wind built up. And, um, you know, it's, you don't have, it's just like training a dog. I mean, a lot of these kids... You know, that's younger now. They're, that's all I do. You know, go practice two or three, four hours a day on a call. I never did do that. I always blew a call, but um, I blew, you know, in sections, you know, 15 to 15, 20 minutes. And other, I mean, if I went any longer than that, my lips would be numb. Mm-hmm. Um, then once I, you know, that happens, your lips go numb. You start, you know, you know, getting bad habits. And, you know, uh, it's just you start getting in a rut, you know, I guess you should say, and you know, what's, uh, you just want to just stay fresh and uh, keep your mind fresh. Cause it's, uh, I always just, I've always did my sections as far as, uh, you know, I was once, you know, first section and one, two, three, four, five out of a routine. And I always did one and two, two and three, three and four and four and five. And then once I got all in down, um, you know, I would put it together, but I hardly ever, ever blew a, a full routine, uh, practicing my transitions is what I always worried. Um, uh, and, where I was going to take my breaths, because um, that to me that's what uh, that's what will make that thing flow, you know, so much better than uh, if you're up there and you don't know where you're going to take your breath, it it can get you in a world of hurt. Hmm. Boy, that makes so much sense. I mean, the people that I know that 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 blow a call for four or five hours, it's tuned really really light, so it's it's not very loud. They don't sound very powerful. And if you're, you know, if you're trying to get stronger with anything, you can't just do it all the time. You have to have rest rest periods because that's when you build the strength. Yep, yep. It's uh, it's just uh, I just it's just like training a dog, and it doesn't. I mean, hey, if you could, if you know, guys want to, well, you know, you you know, blow a call like that, hey, more power to them. But I just, I, me personally, I've always just did the small increments, and uh, and you know, it's it, that's what's worked best for me. I'm not gonna say that's gonna work best for everybody, but. Um, for me, that's that's uh, that's how it worked for me the best. So, now what you what you say makes a ton of sense. And looking back now, I mean, um, well, I think my biggest problem was I went up against Bill Saunders the first time I ever entered a calling contest. But um, my next, probably my next biggest problem was that I just blew too much. 
you know, like I practice too long. I oh. would, I would blow a call for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And yeah, it would just wear me out. And, and, um, yeah, what you're saying, breaking it down into sequences and just doing 15, 20 minutes at a time, it makes a ton of sense. I, I know, yeah, what, I, mean, I know what ahead. my problem was. So, um, your dad had a, uh, a nickname for me. And it was Old Nervous Dave. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I always thought that, you know, that, that he just kind of mentioned that around people that I knew or whatever like that. And then somebody said that they were at one of his seminars, like, in a, like back in Illinois or in another state. And they were like, yeah, Tim Grounds mentioned you. He, he used me as an example of, of a super, super, super nervous per- person who just could not keep it together up on stage and was just super nervous. And that's exactly, that's exactly how I was. I could, I could flow about 60% of my ability up on stage and I just felt so, so, so weak. And I was trying to swallow all the time. Like when you get nervous, like if a, you know, a gorgeous girl looks at you, not that that's ever happened to me, but that's (laughs) (laughs) probably what I would do if that happened. And I just was super nervous all the time. I hate it. Yeah, that's, uh, I've been in, I've been in those situations, you know, uh, more, you know, some some stages and some places uh, more than more. I get more nervous than others. You know, uh, Easton being one of them. Um, uh, and then there's uh, one right here, uh, John A. Logan. They had the National Hunting and Fishing Days uh, for several years, and they uh, they don't have it anymore. This will be the second year they don't have it. They still have the juniors, but uh, they don't have the opens or nothing like that. They've uh, changed heads. You know, some stuff changed hands, and they they did away with it. Which it was, you know, it, it was kind of a um, a dying off thing anyway for, uh, you know, participation. But, um, that was that, that, that one over here, at Johnny Logan, there's been times a couple different times that my knees, when I get down to my, where I'm fixing to start my comeback and I get to that one goose, I felt my knees almost knocking together. I was so nervous. And, <laughs> you know, and that's, I thought, I don't know if you make it out of the hit, you're going to be doing good, bud. And I mean, it's just, I just try to just, you know, zone in. I mean, I thought a couple of times, I thought they were going to come out from underneath me. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, oh, and then, and then you get to the, you know, your ending and you can't, like you said, you can't always really swallow your mouth dry as a popcorn fart. You know, you can't, you can't swallow. <laughs> and I mean, you're just like, please just come out, just let it come out just a little bit. And I mean, it's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but, um, you know, that's, that's what I like about it. I like competition. Um, I always have, um, I love to compete and, uh, it's um, whenever that whenever I quit getting nervous and quit getting that dry mouth and you know all that goes away. Well, what else is it? Why do it? Yeah. yeah so, Hunter, you're good. saying that you're still getting these effects even after having won the worlds three times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I still get just yeah. I still get nervous. I try to, I try to just stay stay focused and and um, um, you know just keep the right state of mind that you know, um, basically staying focused. Not you know. Um, but yeah, I still get, I still get those butterflies. Yeah. You remember, you remember Travis Reeser? Yes, sir. So he, he was one of those guys that just made me so jealous. Like he just lives for, for being up there and performing. And I swear he can perform at like 120% of his ability once he's up in front of a bunch of people. I was always jealous of people like that. Yeah. He was, I remember him. I remember him. uh, What I remember, he was, uh, he was talented. Yeah. He's a talented caller. Good yeah, dude, too. Good. He's really, a really good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I've been friends with Travis for a long time. Uh, I, 
I could see you getting nervous um, in Easton too because of that format where it's a big crowd and a you know it's like a big stage and it's it's a uh, there's a lot of people there. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There's on Saturday night, uh, not so much more. You know, not so much uh, Friday night, but on Saturday night they normally fill that auditorium up, and then it's um, it's a pretty dang good crowd, no doubt about it. Yeah, and then I also can relate to what you're saying about well, if you didn't get nervous, then and didn't get excited about it and stuff like that, it'd be probably time to quit. Because that that reminds me a lot of like like you know deer hunting or goose hunting or anything like that, or like you know a collared right, goose coming right. in. Yeah, when you get you get you quit that that heart quits beating just about out of your chest where it's dum 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 dum, and you just get just so tore up. I mean, it's just you're just on a cloud, a cloud just whenever the big you know nice flock gets in there and you make them do what you what they don't want to do, and they get in there just belly up and you just wipe them all out. There's nothing. There's no kind of feeling like that. I mean, yeah. it's just it's amazing. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I hear you. When that quits, when that quits going, when that quits doing that for me, I'm hanging it up. <laughs> yeah, well, and hopefully, hopefully it won't. And and sounds like another thing that really gets gets your engine rev from what you were saying the other day was this, this whole bass fishing thing, huh? Yeah, there's that's that's uh, that's another that's another sickness I've got. I've got. Uh, <laughs> sickness. It's, uh, I love it, man. It's um, it is it's it's it takes uh, it takes my. Uh, attention a lot no doubt about it it's uh it's some, something about catching a five pound bass it's it just i don't know it's a love i've got for you know i've had some you know ever since i've been little i've always liked to fish and you know dad would take me and hell he would have to uh the first fish he'd catch he'd have to put it in live well and help renew it i'd be in the live well and you know with that fish and uh it's just something about it it's i don't know it's just you get out there and like you know you can unwind from everything else and um you know it's just a I enjoy it. It's uh, and there's something about getting and you know figuring them out and figuring out how you know the presentation and you know that I guess that's you know hunting or anything you know I mean uh, uh, you know getting them figured out and and getting them dialed in and you know and then the competition too I, I you know like I said earlier I like I love competition um, but uh, you know figuring them fish out man and it's uh, the fight I'm not I don't have I haven't ever crappie fished much or. I have a little bit. I like to eat them now. I will. I will. I will eat a bunch of coffee. But um, bass fishing, it's just kind of a. It's kind of taken me. Uh, kind of got a hold of me pretty good. Right on. So there's there's there used to be two type of bass fishermen. I was going to ask you which type you are, but I think there's three type now. Um, so one type is really likes to fish like jigs and worms and fish really slow. Um, and then the other, the other is really likes to throw like crankbaits and spinnerbaits and all that stuff. Uh, so, and then I would say the third is, um, kind of what I got into, uh, towards the, the end of my bass fishing. And that was just throwing great big giant swim baits and just trying to fish for one, you know, one big bite. But what, what's, what's your style or what's your favorite type of fishing? Um, well, <clears throat> I, I like this. I like to, you know, stay moving. I mean, when, especially you know, pre-fishing. I like to, I like to stay moving. You know, get you know, get a bite here, get a bite there, and then you can slow down. But um, all in all, you know, I I like to I like to move. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, cover like, cover lots so of water. Of, yeah, cover a lot of water. I'm not so much a crankbait, but you know, I throw a lot of the, uh, you know, swim jigs and chatterbait and um, 
you know, they, uh, I mean, both those baits are, I mean, they do, they catch big fish. Um, but uh, I will slow down if I have to. Now, granted, if there's somebody, somebody that that's what they are known for, I mean, granted, I mean, that's, they're, they're going to probably uh, excel better than, you know, flipping than I would. But, uh, uh, you know, a squirrel, a blind squirrel find a nut every once in a while. But uh, <laughs> if it's, you know, if it's a moving, a moving bait, I mean, I feel, you know, I feel that's where I'm most confident at. But now the swim baits, and whenever you know, we just started out there by you guys, the big swim baits, and I got to throw on that, and it's—I mean, it's—that uh, is a vicious bite. It's—it's it's an addicting bite, and uh, you know, it's moved all the way, you know, all the way throughout the U.S. now. But uh, uh, still, yet nobody, nobody throws in big swim baits like you guys do. I mean, it's—it's—that's—that's. Uh, that's, I mean, some of them things. I've had a guy send me a deal on uh, Messenger the other day, and he was throwing a giant swim bait and he caught one it was like i don't know it was a nine or ten pounder it looked like and he, he boat flipped it i saw that <laughs> and, i saw the video of that yeah i mean it, and you know he's throwing a big eight foot rod you know and uh that was i mean that was nobody throws a that that big a swim bait i mean they do on kentucky lake and stuff like that and i don't get me wrong but um the big like the huddle stems and all that now that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. I like watching. Uh, I used to like watching whenever the Bassmaster stuff went out there to the Delta and stuff like that. And Clear Lake, when Steve Kennedy did that, set that record, and um, that was a uh, that was pretty that was pretty cool. One time, Travis Reeser and I made a trip to Clear Lake, and uh, just to fish for a few days, just for just a fun fish. But when we got there, there was a giant FLW tournament going on, and so you know we kind of looked at each other like, well, we didn't we didn't plan that one very good. But it was still still super fun because uh, we. Oh, that oh yeah, that that's um, them pros, buddy. Though, excuse me, them pros. They uh, they don't leave much behind. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, well yeah. yeah, the way that we salvaged the trip was they had to they all had to be off the water by like three o'clock, so uh-huh. so we we would go out in the afternoons and and fish and you know have have fun that way. But I remember one one time we fished. We were fishing during the day, and and I saw a fish down in like eight eight feet of water that was uh, like on a bed, and I was like drop shot, and then finally that fish came up and ate, and and I landed that fish. Well, there was a guy on uh, in boats on both sides of us, and the one guy told me he's like, you know, if I would have, he goes, I would have easily caught that fish, and if I would have caught it, I can't remember what he said, but it's something like it would have just you know propelled him up into the next. Uh, you know, bracket or whatever like that. So we, we felt kind of bad. So we, um, so we just started fishing afternoons and it, that worked out fine. Right. See, that, that was, that was dad. Uh, if he could see him, if he could, if he could sit there and look at him on a bed and that was his favorite way he would sit on, he he kept me on one fish one day in a tournament and he had the buck on the buck was about a four and a half or five pounder. We had, he had a hold of him twice. And the, the, the sow, she was in there. She was, I mean, for around here, uh, for around here, a seven pounder. I mean, you, I mean, a lot of there's several, several five, six pounders. That's what will win big bass. Five pound, a lot of times in the mid fives. But when I mean, you catch an eight pounder around here, I mean, it's it's a it's a big deal. I mean, out there where you know California and stuff and all that on the west coast. I mean, an eight pounder, that's just an everyday everyday deal, pretty much, you know. And and uh, uh, I mean, it's uh, you catch an eight pounder around here. I mean, most of the time, the whole county will know it, you know, and. Uh, uh, We've got, I mean, there's some big fish, don't get me wrong, but uh, Dad, he, he kept me on that, that big sow one day after he lost the buck for four hours, half the tournament. He said, 
He said, I'm telling you, and I just sat there fine. I just, I wasn't even fishing. Oh, you can only fish so many. You know, there's doubles everywhere all, all the way around the boat for me, casting and flipping and trying everything else. And he's up there on the front of the boat trying to catch this thing and never did get her to bite. And the third time after he got a hold of that buck, he lost it again. And then, and he swam off and she went and she, we never did get it. And we spent four hours on that fish. So he told me, he said, you just catch, <laughs> said, you just catch a, a five pound an hour, Hunter. He said, look how big those two was right there. I said, well. That's true. You think about it that way, you know, and, uh, you know, pounds by hour. I mean, it's, uh, you fish, I, I went a, a lot of hours and not caught nothing. Yeah. Uh, and we, we said, you know, he was sitting there looking at two of them, you know, they're right there. That's, that's, you know, about 12 pound or, you know, 13, 14 pound worth. And, um, he said, you know, if we just catch, you know, both and we, he said, if I catch that bucket, he said, I don't think I can catch that, you know, that sow. And, it, it, um, I said, Dad, I think there's another place around this lake. I think where another one may live. I said, but uh, yeah. he was persistent. He, he loved to sight fish stuff. He really yeah. That's awesome. I can certainly relate to that. But yeah, like they say, you never leave fish to find fish. But yeah, it's pretty it's pretty hard to leave a spot when you can see see a fish right there that you know would help you a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. And, it, it, and she had eyes on her like the size of the, you know, the front end of a Buick. That's... Yeah, she was a big one. That's really cool. When they When they get... The older they get, and they get more bug-eyed like that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah. Our, our fish are our northern strain. Like, it's a lot different here than it is in California. Um, uh-huh. We're we're quite a bit colder than Southern California, and um, our fish are northern strain, and theirs are Florida strain. So ours don't get that big, but they do grow old. Like we have, we get fish that are uh, 12, 14, 15 years old. Um, yeah. because of the cold weather and all that stuff. But you know, what I've noticed about Southern California, like being like, if you look on like Swimbait Universe or any of those, um, like Facebook groups, just 10 to 12 years ago in Southern California, it, catching a 10 pound bass was not that big of a deal. Everyone, everyone was catching them and there was quite a few and you know, there, there's a lots of fish up in the teens. And then, uh, right now, if you look on Swimbait Universe, I mean, it's, it's a lot of guys fishing hard for like a six or seven pounder. Um, really? I think a lot of it is is because, uh, you know, swim baits have kind of lost a little bit of their newness, you know. Mm-hmm. But then also um, another thing that's happened recently is I don't know if you heard about this or saw the video, but there was a guy down in Southern, Southern California, Mike Long, and he has the lake record in several of the, of the lakes down there. And he was just regarded as like one of the just, you know, big bass legends and a swim bait legend and everything. Well, they they released a video of him um, snagging fish off of beds. Oh, are you kidding me? Doing it multiple, multiple times and keeping the fish out of the water for like 10 minutes while he sets up all his cameras and gets all these pictures and posts pictures on Facebook. It's just disgusting. Oh. And you know that happens more than just the, you know, just in, you know, it happens. I'm sure it happens in tournaments too. Yeah. Fast tournaments, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's one thing. What's one thing if you, you know you run the line down that down her back and you know and then she you know just kind of gets caught, you know what I mean? But now just doing it intentionally, that's that's that. I mean, that's just what, what's fun. What what's fun about that? You know, yeah. it's, it's that's taking a sport out of it. It's like you know, if I wanted to do that, I'd put a trouble up and go down to the river where you know or damn. Uh, you know, a bunch of trash fish or something, but yeah. I mean, you know, you don't do it, you don't do it, period. You know, it's just that's not, uh, I mean, that's not what it's about, yeah. And, and for just for recognition on social media, that's pretty sad, yep, yep. 
So how's goose hunting? Let's enough about bass fishing. Let's get to goose hunting. How's how's your hunting? I'll tell you what. Last year was the worst year we've ever had here in oh. Southern Illinois. Um, uh, the, you know, the, we don't get the geese. Uh, you know, Crab Country National Wildlife Refuge used to be the heart of the migration. That from Ren Lake, from Ren Lake, which is about uh, thirty miles north of me, straight north up fifty seven, and you, and then you got Crab Orchard. And then where I'm at here, and then you've got uh, Union County, um, Ware, Illinois, um, that's, um, you know, right along the, the river, uh, that refuge. And then you've got, um, uh, you go on down a little further where the Mississippi and Ohio meet down around Cairo, just west of Cairo, you got Horseshoe Lake. Um, and, and then you've got across the river, you got Ballard County, Kentucky. Well, that little 60, well, from Wren Lake to Ballard is probably about 85 or probably 85, between 80, 90 miles. Well, that used to hold close to a million geese whenever they got here. It, would, it used to be always in the paper, September 21st to the 24th in the southern, about right in there. It would always be the first bunch of migrators coming into Crab Orchard National Wildlife Refuge. That was, I mean, you're talking a few months, like a month and a half before season even come in, two months probably. They come from... You know, A, wherever they left from, they come straight here. There wasn't no stopping here and then getting, you know, like it is now. We don't even see them nowadays, man. I mean, oh, there, if, if we get, if we get, uh, if we were to get 15,000 on the refuge, I'm putting, now I'm pushing it. Hmm. And I so, mean, it's, it's just, we'd have, we'd have, we'd have 250,000 here. And I mean, it was just, if it's just geese, I just got on just the tail end of it. I didn't, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've been in on some, some good stuff around here, but I didn't get in on the major, major deal. I've seen a lot of pictures. I've heard a lot of stories from, from the old timers, you know, and at dad's age and even older. Um, and it's, um, you know, they said, you know, just drive anywhere through Marion, everywhere you look in any direction and there'd be a flock of geese. So and it was just better. And I mean, it was just, I mean, it was good for, it was good for revenue. It was good for, you know, businesses, hotels. I mean, it was, it brought a lot of money. I mean, that can, a can of goose brought a lot of money to Southern Illinois, um, you know, through the, you know, the seventies and the eighties. And, the, um, you know, it was the last really, well, we shot them pretty good. Um, it's been, I wish I could find that piece of paper. Um, it's been 2000. It's been 2010, maybe about five, four or five years ago. It seems like we shot them up decent, you know, pretty good. But I mean, as far as like the the deal, whenever they're coming, when I remember whenever I was with them, whenever we did get a few of the big migrations, whenever uh, I was able to hunt and and you know got to experience it, you know, the when they're coming, you would shoot a, a flock. And I mean, it would even even be between like. 45 seconds to about two minutes where you shoot it. That's how far they was apart coming. You'd shoot a flock and you could see the next flock coming. That's when they're coming. You know, if they were coming, if they'd be five to 10 minutes apart, each bunch, it's a pretty good migration. That's, you know, I mean, it'll, once they do the next count, I mean, you can tell you get a, I mean, it's, there's some new ones for sure. But, uh, when they're that, that deal where you shoot a flock and then the, you better hurry up and get out there because you see that big line coming way up there. You know, it, it's, that's when I'm 45 seconds to a minute and a half apart. I don't think we'll ever see that here again. Not in my lifetime. Um, because mm. there's a lot of factors. And I mean, everybody's got their own opinions on why, why that, uh, things have changed the way they have changed. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, 
you know, he knows exactly, you know, what, what the deal is. You know, it's, everybody's got their own opinion on it. But uh, I do know that the migration has shifted west. Um, some of our biggest migrations here um, in this area used to come out of the east from the Ohio River. Um, and we've not seen that. You know, even ducks, too. Ducks would come out of the east. Um, and we still do get some of the ducks, but we'll talk, we can talk about that in a minute. But the geese, uh, you know, it used to be just unbelievable. Our migrations come out of the, out of the east and, uh, we don't see that no more. And, and I think majority of them is, it's all, it's different geese, you know, cause have Oklahoma, Kansas, Iowa, um, all them states out there are just, I mean, are booming right now with, uh, with waterfowl. And, uh, it's, um, it's definitely not booming here. Hmm. I mean, we still get, we still get some ducks, but I mean, we'll have we, the ducks still migrate. But in my opinion, I think the biggest thing is planting them flocks like they did. All these resident flocks. That's in my opinion. I don't. I never did agree with that. I still. I never will agree with that because that's that planting these things. Well, now they're a nuisance. They're you know all over the golf courses. You know, crapping on the, the golf courses and then back in the back people's backyards, crapping on they're shooting bottle rockets out of them and chasing them off, and they don't like them and. So now they're a nuisance. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> the people it ain't nobody's fault, but it ain't nobody's fault but man. Yeah. And, and now yeah. not only are they a nuisance, but but they're they're attracting they're attracting birds that historically would you know potentially fly further south. Oh yeah, and then you know then it makes it real tough whenever you know you shoot those you shoot the the nuisance. As they should, you know, as they call them now, you shoot the resident, the flock that's there then, and then you get the, you'll shoot the new ones coming in for a few days that, you know, a good migration. Well, then they'll set for 48 to 72 hours a lot of times that, you know, they'll set, and I mean, you won't hardly see nothing after that, after they migrate. And then they'll, they'll get rested up and then they'll start venturing out, you know, and kind of seeing what's up, and you'll pound on them again. But then, for, that's only, that, that's a short lived deal. And then they get mixed in with them, thing, them ones that's been there and knows the ropes already. And it makes it where I mean, it makes it really tough. Hmm. You know, yeah. so there's a short lived there's a short lived deal there, and it's just um, I just I don't I just never did agree with the the planting like that, and it's just uh, I don't know I don't know if we'll ever see it like um, around here like you know it once was maybe I know everything takes its you know takes its toll and has its cycles and everything, but but man, it it was um, it was sure it was sure some good hunting back uh, back you know years back, and it's. Um, all it is is memories now, and uh, you know it's. Uh, well, maybe you know maybe it'll happen one day, but we'll st- we still get the ducks. I mean, we had you know like I said last year was a horrible year. Um, no wasn't no wasn't any kind of a goose migration at all really, um, but the ducks the ducks there was so much water the back the backwater was out you know the river was out of its banks all year long. Um, three different times it'd go down and get you know get just about to where it you know get back into its banks and then we get another blast and it, it just, um, it just spread everything out. And it's just, um, it made, um, I've got a spot, um, uh, down South of me here. It's, uh, you know, we, we, it's, it's one heck of a spot. It's a cypress swamp and, uh, it's in a, um, uh, a little hole and it, it, we've got it. Um, first year we hunted it, we killed, you know, a good number. We killed about 800 and the uh, same the next year. And then last year we didn't break 150. Hmm. But we but we set we set 
right there and it was just like sitting right now you're sitting outside and looking outside where well, you ain't gonna see nothing but maybe a dove or a little tweety bird fly by and that's how it was for us but we'd sit over and we'd listen to them guys along the river it was out of its banks just enough to where it'd get into the first second you know field from the river but we just sit over and i mean there was there was a couple blinds over i think i killed over a thousand and we were sitting there just listening and hmm. normally um, normally we got all kind of traffic you know uh but um, it just it, it it was really really different and now um our that yeah well we got that that I'm telling you about that spot there that blind was underwater this year for over a hundred days oh jeez wow so you know what that tells you and it's just now it just now it's it's gotten down now but nobody there's nothing planted and. They're not gonna then ducks. They don't. They're not gonna. They're not gonna just sit there and they, they won't roost and and mill it or anything like that. They, and that flooded corn. I mean, that's what a lot of that stuff is around. You know, up and down through here, is flooded corn, and that's where they go for that shelter over their head and from the owls and stuff. And because they're, they're not always in there eating, uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I really, I really don't. That's when like I'm kind of, I'm kind of, it kind of worries me a little bit. Um, you know, because I know everywhere, all them spots that I've been, you know, drove by and seen, it's got flooded corn, and I know how many ducks go in them spots. Um, there's a lot of them, I think a lot of them, they may plant corn, but I just think they're worried about just getting the stalks in, you know, to maybe have, you know, for them to roost in, because they won't roost in that, any old beans and stuff like that. I mean, that sheet water and stuff, because, I mean, it's, and they're not safe. And, um uh, it's it's going to make, I think it's going to make things differently. It may it may be one hell of a year. I don't know, but I just know that there's not as no, there's not as much food as what there there is there you know has been in the past all the way up and down. You know, St. Charles like over in St. Louis, St. Charles uh, area. You know, there's big big money duck clubs over there, and I mean they they've all got flooded corn and stuff normally, and I don't think they got anything. You know, the Illinois River up and down, up and down through there. They don't. I don't think they got much of anything put in. If they did, it's it's not probably not going to make much. Hmm. But um, I just I'm um, I'm curious what's going to happen. And you know, I think a lot of guys got millet put in and some beans put in. But um, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting year for sure. Yeah. And then are you uh, are you mobile? Like, uh, do you do you travel around a lot to find to find birds if you need to with guiding and all that stuff? I'll tell you what we we've got um, we've got forty acres we hunt every single day. Okay. We don't we don't bounce around now. I mean, I'm 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 not gonna say I haven't you know chased some of them local deals, local you know flocks around around here just but I haven't very much just a few times. Um, because it's just to me, it's just it's not it's not a real one. It's just not like shooting because they're a different deal. They don't they don't get up and fly. You know when you walk up or you know stop your truck and look at them in the field, they just still sit there and walk off. I mean they're you feed them bread. I just don't <laughs> I just I don't ever. I mean that's it is. I mean look at them. Some of them I you know I used to eat bread out of my hand. Well, it's just <laughs> I just it's just used to pull up to them. You know two hundred yards out in the field. And half of them be that you know you stop your truck and they half of them get up. You could you like you like killing out. migrators. That's what it I is. Like you like killing, killing migrators, and you probably there's yeah. probably the calling component to that too because yeah. you like breaking them down from way up and. I like making them, them do what they don't want to do. So That's what's your what's your favorite it. what's your favorite field call then? I still yet to this day, buddy. I still yet blow half breed. Wow. Right on, and, and, man. If there's any, if there's any, if there's any kind of wind at all, if there's any kind of wind at all, I will do it unless I'm in some tight quarters 
or it's it's you know foggy or if it's you know not much wind if it's you know something like that i'll get something that's you know not quite as you know uh high frequency um you know in that pingy of a sound but if there's any kind of wind at all and if, we, if there's some traffic that's all i'll pick up oh, that's so that's awesome. an awesome call that was my first short read goose call ever and um i was telling you this on the phone the other day um I saw it featured in an outlaw um, goose hunting video Jim Cripe put together back in 1992. It's just called um, 1992 Goose Hunting, um, mm-hmm. but it's actually a really awesome video. And and your dad gives about a three or four minute calling sequence in it. And at that time, I was blowing a variable tone honker. And, you know, I was killing birds with it. I loved it. Um uh-huh. But when I heard him pull out that that half breed, it was the first time I'd ever heard a short re-goose call, and I was blown away. I mean, it it's just, I mean, you can imagine the 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 sound. It's just so crisp and so loud and so goosey. And I heard that for the first time. I immediately saved my money up. I bought one of those, and to this day, there's never been a goose call that I've bought that gave me such instant results. I mean, I kill more geese with that half breed, um, probably to this day than, than any other honker call I've ever owned, man. Well, well I, I, that, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and I guarantee you there's a lot of guys out there that, um, in the same boat and will be in the same boat with you and vouch for that. Cause they, they know as well. And it's, um, it's no telling how many, Flocks of geese and how many geese that that thing is fooled and um, and put them right in people's face. It's uh, it's it's kind of it's you know it is it come out dad come out with that in um, 1989, um, and you know nowadays with the way these all these short reads it's called these warning guts and all this and and then all these notes that we've we've almost we've almost got um, the goose's language almost complete really i mean there's there's some sound that they do that you're not going to replicate on a goose call i don't I, there's no way I, because there's there's two or three sounds that i've i've tried and tried and that just it's not going to happen um everybody's gotten to where they're like they're getting away 90 percent of the guys i talk to on the phone they want something that's deep you know and they say these geese around here are deep well they're not all deep you know and i think that that being different um and hunting like that, when they go by, a, they go by six spreads and they'll hear, oh, 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 they go by the seventh spread and they hear, Wah. I mean, it's just, you know, and it's, um, um, well, yeah, it, or it, they, it, or they go by six spreads and they can't hear them because yeah, that, yeah, you right. know, that uh, uh, is too, that's too quiet. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? yeah, I mean, you get down think... in a pit blind or a layout blind and dude, it's a whole nother story. Yeah. Geese yeah. have small ears and they're covered with feathers and they're oh, yeah, flying. And, and you know, and you got wind, and yep. yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, you may be down there just just blowing your heart out at them, and they may just hear, and maybe it, that's it, you know, up there in the wind. I mean, if it's windy down here, no count. What is it? You think it's you know up there above, you know, that high? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they just hear just a small little beep beep, you know, just a couple little clucks out of just a wall of sound, you're trying to get their attention, you're flagging like crazy, you know. I mean, they've got to hear you to kill them. Or if, if they can't see you, they need to be able to hear you, and you know, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, you know, it's um, that's 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 the only way. I don't care what, you know, how good a, a caller you are, or this and that. I mean, if they if you can be blowing a deeper call to where 
it's not going to travel anywhere far, but if you pick up, you know, something, you know, like such as a half breed and you get on that thing, that's a make or break deal. You know, yeah. it's, uh, so I got to, it's, sure, it's sure been a killer man of a, of a lot of guys. And, uh, it's still yet. I come I in, mean, guys ask me and they say, well, what do you call you blowing the field? Well, yeah, I could lie to him and tell him I blow 150 or $200 call just to get the money. But that ain't what, that ain't the truth. I blow a $50 call and it's a half breed, but a lot of guys, it is a different monster to, you know, to kind of master is, you know, cause you're limited, you're honk, cluck and moan. And then that's, you know, um, that's about limited. You can't do all this, finesse, you know, fancy finesse trains. And I mean, you can do a spit note, but all these different moans and stuff. I mean, it's, it's all basics, but I don't get real crazy with them anyway. Right. Whenever I'm hunting. Well, I don't, it's a short call a too. You need a lot of back pressure to get it to break. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then like, yeah, like Tim used to say, like, you, people that, that, that try to run that call and, and their hands look like they're being stung by a bee. That's what, yeah. that's what he says. You know, it just doesn't work that way, you know? Right. Right. So my first ever half breed wasn't, wasn't even really a half breed. I mean, this is the weirdest story, but I swear it's true. I went into the uh, Portland, Oregon sportsman show and there was a guy there, Casey Brooks. He had a business called duck pro shops and he was blowing this call and I had never heard anything like it. And I was just really blown away and I was just, you know, dirt poor. And I think he was charging like 60 bucks for it or whatever. And I just scraped up the money and I bought one and I took it home and I just tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to get sounds out of it. And I couldn't. And I was, I was getting really, really frustrated. And then I, I finally got my hands on instruction for the half breed and I was, I was using that. And then I noticed something that the half-breed call was, was about an inch shorter than the, than the call that I had. And so I called up Casey, and I called up your dad. And your dad said, well, you know, Casey said that that's how he likes them. And so I made him a run of those that are about an inch longer than a half-breed. And Casey said the same thing. He's like, well, I, I got Tim made the half-breed, but I didn't like them. They were, they were too short for me. So, so I took mine, and I cut it off. And fluted it out, and it just immediately started working awesome. And that was my introduction to a half breed. Yeah, was it was it making? Was it almost? It didn't have that 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 crack to it. Was it more of like a duller, like a kind of a, a monotone type crack, you know, on the top end? Yeah, Is that how it was for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, you couldn't blow it like a flute, and you couldn't right. blow it like a half breed. It was in between, and I don't know how Casey ever got sounds out of it. But really, Casey, all he could do was just cluck with it, and that was it. So. I don't think that that combination really worked. It's like you got to go, you got to go either long or short, but not not halfway in between. You got to do yeah. one or the other. Well, you know, you he, know, dad, dad tried, dad tried. He's, I've got, I've got half breeds that he's that he he's cut at a forty five degree angle. He's got different cuts. I mean, he tried, you know, all the different links, you know, because um, all this is a is a is a guy's best, you know, cut down and and. He said, Hunter, he said, he said, look at all these things I've got here. If you don't cut it, it's, it's amazing. He's got holes in them, you know, just like for like, like uh, an instrument, like a flute. He's got holes in them, cut it a 45. That, I mean, but that, that length there, that is, that was, that was the sweet, that was the sweet spot. So, yeah. Um, well, and people don't realize when you're in, when you're in business like that and also, you know, in, innovating something um, that's never been that's never been done before it costs a lot of money at, uh to be cutting all those calls and if you cut it too short you can't really add material back you know no you can take away but you can't add that's for sure <laughs> yeah and but somebody has to be the risk the risk taker and the innovator and and all that stuff uh 
So, and we're all really thankful for it. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So now, and so you say that the half breed, um, and, and your dad said this in, in the video too, the half breed is really just the guy's best, but yep. just a shorter version of it, but it's got different guts in it. It's no, it, it's got the same, it's got the same guts in it, but a different read. And all we, okay. all we did, it, it's got the, it's got the, uh, the flute guts in it. What we, we grind it, we take the tone, uh, grind the tone channel down, uh, to just for the, the round, you know, the, where it drops in there as far as the trough. Um, but it's the same, it's the same guts. It may be the same, it may, you know, we've got green guts, we've got the black guts and we got, you know, but the, uh, as far as the gut itself, it's the same. It's the same. No, we've just got, you know, there may be different colors or different material. Um, okay. but, um. It's just a different, it's a wider read the half-breed is than the, than the guide's best read. Yes, 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 I remember, okay, because I had both. Well, I had the variable tone honker, which is basically mm-hmm. just the guide's best with the bell on it, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, okay, and and I mean, like, I wonder, do, do kids these days even know that flute calls existed? Probably not. You know, I mean, because Tim sounded pretty damn amazing on a flute call. I was well, blown away before I ever heard him well, and how about, on a short how, recall. How about the way that he could go from, and Hunter's the same way, could go from a flute call to a how, to, uh, from a flute call to a short read and back. Like, that's what's, that's what blows my mind. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 And I'll tell you what, still yet to this day, still yet to this day, I mean, that, that, that flute call, it, it, they're, they're still killed a lot of them. That's a forgotten sound, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a good way to sh- show the geese or, or let them hear something different that they're not hearing all the time. Oh, no doubt about it. I'll tell you, still, yes, I don't care. I mean, in my opinion, there's the flute call is still, that flute call still has the best moan. Yeah, it's just enough. got that really ghostly Whispy. sound. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah, it really does. It, no doubt the volume winner is the is the short read. Um, oh, but, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, the, the amount of stuff that, I mean, we can do on a short read and, and the way these guts are, you know, the worn-in guts, and um, it's, uh, it's 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 amazing. It really is. It's, it's evolved to where, I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, it's to look back from whenever, like, even in 03, 04, even 07, Whenever I would, you know, in contests and see how it has come from just that short amount of time, and you know, because it's uh, 07, I've been, I've been not able to blow in the world for uh, uh, this, you know, 2000, uh, 2007, so 12 years, 13 years. I mean, it's just amazing the what it's come to from just that short amount of time. I mean, how much more it's progressed in the notes that we're doing, and it's. Uh, it's 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 pretty crazy. I like it. I mean, it's it's and I mean, like I said, all these guys on these calls now in these contests, they've all got all their notes mastered as well, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes, it it has come a really long ways, but at the same time, man, I just we were just watching this video, um, you know, right before we called you, uh, of, of your dad blowing those those sequences on his flute calls and, and yeah. on his half breed. And that was shot 27 years ago. And looking back and, and seeing how good he was already back then is incredible. You know, and like Dave said, he could go back and forth from a flute call to a, a short re- goose call like, you know, like it was nothing. It was amazing. Yeah, and then he, 
he'd take that, and then he'd take that uh, that half breed, and he'd, uh, he'd he'd throw a crow in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, he was he was he could things he could do on a on a on a, on a call was was amazing. I mean, it uh, and he could make it. He could make a thing. Uh, you know, like in turkey calls, he started making. It was just a bad tune goose call, but I mean, he could make a sound. I guarantee he could kill a goose with it, and then he could kill a turkey with it. You know, and it's uh, uh, <laughs> he could he could he could speak them. That's no doubt. He was. I think he was. He just understood them, and then he had to. He had a passion like no other for it, and that's what. Um, you know, everybody whenever he was younger, and he started wanting to just try to do the the make a living at these. You know, selling ducking these calls, and um, everybody told him he was crazy. You can't do that. You ain't gonna make a living with that. Yeah, you you may you may make a few dollars, but you ain't you're not gonna be able to live off that. You know, uh, and well, then you know that 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 gave him a drive. Yeah. And you know, when you told when you told my dad he couldn't do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's gonna he's gonna figure a way out to do it. You know, and he's gonna make sure he you know he succeeds at it. And then he just he, when he when he did something, it's just like buying a fishing bait. If he caught a four pounder on a crankbait, he'd go buy the whole aisle out. <laughs> about a certain color of that crankbait, he would buy. He would buy fifteen of them. I mean, that's just the way he is. I mean, he went all out when he did something, and uh, you know, I guess you know that's. Uh, I guess that's you know pretty much if you're going to take a chance and, and do something like he did, you know, as far as trying to make a living at this, he went all out. And I mean, uh, um, it's you know it shows. I mean, he uh, forty four years of it he did, and um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep it going for another. Uh, I don't know if I'll make forty four, but. Uh, uh, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to keep a keep another keep another forty four to go, uh, you know, from here on out. So uh, you know what, Hunter, uh, like uh, we're we're so thankful for that, and we're first of all, you know, we're we're so sorry for that for that loss, and it was a loss to, to to all of us and the whole hunting community, and not just the hunting community, but every anyone who ever knew knew Tim Grounds. But for sure, we're so thankful um, for you. And the fact that you're passionate about keeping it going and uh, we're proud of you and, and uh, we, you know, we just pray for you and, and uh, uh, we just want, we just want you to just succeed like crazy. And you will, bud, you just keep doing you. I mean, yeah, just keep doing you. So, but having said that, I, um, based, based on what we've talked about, I have a challenge for you. Right. Okay. And, um, you, you don't have to do it, but I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. So um, I picked up on one thing you said. You said that it's amazing with the short reads now, and they can they can do almost every single sound. Um, but there are certain sounds that geese make that you can't do on a short read, and I agree with that, and I accept that, and I especially believe you saying that. But so maybe the world is ready for the next innovation, and maybe the next innovation is a, some kind of a call that that you have with you with your short read calls and maybe that uh maybe a maybe let's say there's two or three let's say there's three other sounds that geese make that you can't do with a short read call uh maybe there's a way to make a call that's completely different than a short read call um, that can make one of those sounds and if you're really lucky maybe it could make two or three or all three of those sounds but maybe it's maybe the world is ready for a major breakthrough with something completely different and uh you know, you would be no pressure or anything, but you would be the absolute perfect person to come up with that. I've got, I've got, I've got uh, a couple 
I've got an idea, but I, I don't know. I've, I've just, I've been trying to figure out how to, how to, how to try to do it, but I've, I've got one idea that it's, uh, um, I'm, there's only one of the sounds that, that I would even, cause see, I used to, we'd, we'd feed them geese and whenever we get, get them there, it got real cold. We've got an ice eater and, um, we keep, you know, big, whenever it gets cold and it gets froze. I mean, it, I may not, I'm not seeing, we used to have them raised there, but I'm not seeing the geese hit the pond, uh, over at the shop for, um, a while now, but I'll tell you what, the first day everything gets locked up, they'll, they'll be there. They, I mean, they imprint there. I mean, they just remember. And, um, and I mean, we've had up to 1,500. They're right there in the back. I mean, just feet outside the door. And I'll, I'll, I'd sneak out there, and uh, after I'd feed them, cause we'd always bring them um, some corn and feed them at the shop, you know, just kind of giving them back giving them back a little bit and letting them, you know, because that's, that's what that, – that can of the goose is what, you know, give Dad his uh, – you know, everything he's got pretty much. And, yeah. uh, and that's what he would give back. You know, everybody said, well, let's, let's shoot him out. Let's shoot him out. He said, I ain't shooting none of them there. He said, they, he said they're safe here. He said, I'm going to take care of them right here. He said, they've taken care of me. Oh, that's and I would, cool. I would sneak out there. And I mean, I've been within, you know, just feet. And I, I'd have this, the, the windows open where I could hear through the screen. And it, it's, there's, I just, I, there's one sound. I mean, it, it is unbelievable crazy. I mean, it's just, and I've only heard him do it. And I wish I would have had a recorder, but, uh, I, I mean, it's it's amazing what that sound sounded like, and it's I it, and they didn't. I mean, they did it on the ground. Um, I've never heard one in the air do it, but it was just a. It sent cold chills. It's like holy cow, and you know, and we did it just a couple times, but I mean, I know they do it more than that, you know. And it's um, um, I think it's more of a territorial type deal, you know, when they're when they're sitting there feeding. But um, either that, and they. I've never heard them do it when they're paired up, but um, uh, that's when they get all crazy, you know, when they do that dominance thing and get in their territory and they're, you know, in, in February and March, and they're, you know, it's uh, they're back and forth fighting. And um, that's when I hear a lot of that crazy, all these crazy, crazy notes. Yeah. You know, they, they're real yeah. vocal, you know, back and forth. I mean, I, I fish a lake down here. It's a hot water lake, and um, a bunch of them raise on it every year. And that's, that's a lot of times whenever I, a lot of these uh, sounds and stuff that, um, that were, you know, that I I do. That's where I, you know, in the transitions of how I do it in my contest calling and stuff. That's where I. That's where I sit out there when I'm fishing. That's that's I sit out there on that lake and fish, and that's I hear them back and forth and doing that stuff, crazy stuff. Well, then I'll I'll just be thinking in my head, you know, or, you know, I don't know what this will sound like. You know, and try to do this, this, you know, how they were doing it, and that's where I come up with, you know, a lot of them stuff and you know my routine over the years and. Uh, um, just by sitting there listening to them in the spring. That's, I mean, that's, they get, they get real, they get crazy and really super vocal, uh, when they're paired up. And, uh, that's, uh, I enjoy, I enjoy watching them that time of the year. Absolutely. I love that time of the year just for oh, all the, man. all the sights and sounds of those paired up geese. <laughs> they yeah. do, boy. I mean, they, they, they cut each other off just, I mean, it ain't no clack call. Oh, no. I mean, just yeah. as quick as just I mean, quick as ever, man. Just snap, snap, snap. Yeah. Yeah. They cut each other off so quick. I mean, they just the way they stick that neck out. And they, oh. oh man, they're throwing those heads around and get yeah. 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 You uh, can you can learn a lot those and you know that those couple months right there you can you can learn a lot about a about a Canada goose and uh, you know their their language and uh, they're uh, they're mean boy. They can be. I mean, they are <laughs> mean. Yeah. You know, while I still got the chance, so one of the things that I always, you know, really admired and, and respected so much about your dad was just the fact that the guy helped so many people, you know, I mean, you look at anybody who's any, anybody in the calling circuit these days, um, who's gone anywhere. And I mean, 
how many of them, you know, got, got started thanks to, thanks to Tim Grounds, you know, several of them, several of them did. There ain't no doubt about it. Um, oh, more than several of them. Yep. There are too yep. many to mention. Sure. Sure. But they, uh, you know, that, that, that's, uh, you know, that's what, that's what, you know, he loved to help people. And I mean, yeah. that's, you know, he didn't just do it just to, to be doing it. He did it because he loved, you know, he loved the, he loved the game and, uh, he wanted to do it. And, uh, he just, uh, he was a, he was a giver, man. He had a heart of, he had a heart of, uh, gold and, uh, and it was the size of Texas. Um, yeah. and it's, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, some of them deals, some of them things, you know, throughout the year didn't end up real good, but you know, he, uh, he, you know, made, you know, made, made their men and whatever, you know, but, uh, that's beside the point, but it's, uh, uh, he loved helping people. He did, and uh, he was a giver. And uh, I mean, it didn't matter. You know, if, if there was somebody standing on the side of the road, it was with a sign. And almost every time, he'd stop and give him a twenty. A twenty. I mean, you know, and I mean, whether whether he, I mean, he didn't even know from Adam. You know, mm-hmm. but he just, he just, I thought I had to do that, Hunter. I just thought I had to do that. You know, it made me feel good. You know, and then, um, you know, he would, he would uh, give money to St. Jude. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he. We got some duck calls one time. Uh, we got a whole thing, of, uh, a big shipment of duck calls. A guy uh, wanted uh, one for his uh, his mom had breast cancer, and we had uh, uh, we had some made with it. You know, we still got some of them. Matter of fact, and um, I don't know how many we got, but anyway, we was going to give I think it was fifteen, twenty, or twenty five dollars at each call sold to the hospice over here. You know, for breast cancer awareness. Well. You know, normally you'd do, you know, after the calls were sold or each call, you know, well, he just went ahead. As soon as he got them in the mail, he sat down, he, he, you know, had it. He wrote him a check, cut him a check for every one of them, for every one of them like I ever sold them, and sent him a check for, you know, just that amount. I don't know what it was. It was a, you know, pretty nice chunk, but I mean, that's just the way he was. He didn't, he just, he wanted to give and give. And it's, uh, you know, I just, uh, I wish he, uh, I wish he could have, you know, I've been around a little longer that we could have did a few more things together, but, you know, that's, uh, the man's got a plan for everybody, and it was uh, it was his time. And it, uh, he said, "It's time for you to come up here, buddy." And uh, he, was he ready? No, but uh, you know, he's it's all good up there. So um, you know, it's uh, I just there was things there was things that uh, me and him was uh, discussing that uh, not so much. I mean, we was gonna do. I mean, you know, as family and uh, and business. Uh, Deals we was in, you know, in the middle of. Granted, I know, I think I know the answer. You know, some of the answers I found out. You know, he told me before all this happened, but you know, we was in a couple of deals that, you know, I never did get the answer. So, I mean, I, I think I know the answer. What his answer would be, but hell, you know, he'd be, you know, he was one of them. He may, he may sleep on it for, he may be that's his answer, and then he may be sleep on it for two days, come back and give you something else. You know, I, I, I don't think we need to do that. No, just, you know, let's try to do something, you know. He was just, uh, he was always thinking. His wheels was always turning. And uh, I just, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm going to, you know, some of them things I'm going to have to put on hold. And, uh, you know, a couple of them you know, I may I may never do. Uh, but uh, I'm going to try to do. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it'll be, it's just going to take a little bit more playing. And, you know, without him and with me and, uh, you know, a little bit more, you know, testing or whatnot uh, about it. But, uh you know, it's uh, you just gotta take one. I'm just taking one day at a time, one step at a time, and uh, you know, it's uh, it takes uh, you know, 44 years of business. It's uh, you know, me and him. It's always just been me and him. Uh, you know, 
32 years of my life, and uh, pretty much, you know, and uh, my grandma and grandpa helped us in there, you know, they're in their 80s and stuff now, and uh, uh, they're, you know, they're not coming as much, and I, and I don't, I don't blame them, they, you know, they go and, and do them, you know, the, the, you know, the rest of their, you know, their life, and, you know, they put their time in, and it's, it's my time, and, uh, but it makes things uh, a little tougher when it happened the way it happened with dad and uh you know if he was you know if he was still you know just retired said i'm out of you know i'm gonna i'm gonna get out of it you know that's one thing but well when it hits you it hits you like that when you you know see him at, at high noon and he pulls out of your driveway and eight hours later you know he's gone it's uh pretty tough to yeah pretty tough to follow yeah for sure yeah it's uh you know it's you can't hit you, you can't hit paws in this world it'll leave you in a death trail you know but it uh it's just taking taking some time, and we'll make it. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, well, well we're uh, we're pulling for you and praying for you, and 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 we'll all be together um, in paradise at at some point. You know, it just some sometimes yeah. these things happen when you're not really ready. I mean, I lost I lost my brother who was two years older than me when I was 17. He was 19, and I mean, I'm not I'm not comparing that to to you know to losing a dad, but I just, you know, and I've lost my best friend and my uncle and stuff like that. So it's, yeah. uh, it's just, you're just never prepared for it. And it takes a, takes a long time. You never really get over it, but, um, oh, but, but no, you know yeah. that these people really want you to, to just do your best and just try to thrive, you know? Yep. That's, uh, you know, it's like, a, you know, it take, you know, normally we've always got, when he was, you know, still alive, we'd always, you know, somebody'd call in and, you know, order a call and if they wasn't, if it wasn't, you know, past two o'clock, we had to have the stuff, you know, got to have the stuff at the post office at two thirty. Uh, you know, if he called at one thirty, we got our, we got a red, we got the credit card red, and a call made. We shipped it out that same day, you know. And it's, uh, it, it's just, it, it's a little bit things are a little bit, a little bit slower. You know, it's always, you know, now it's taken me a couple, couple days because I'm, I'm in there, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do uh, three peoples in one, you know, computer and then, uh, you know, all that stuff on the computer. And then, you know, we got, you know, we got modern engraver uh, a couple of years ago and it, it's just, uh, I'll get it done. You know, I'm, I'm going to get it done, but it just, it takes me a little longer, uh, to get things, you know, processed and, and done. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, phone calls and stuff and, you know, the phone ringing, I mean, you got to take him and you got to make sure to take care of your customers. If you ain't taking care of your customers, you ain't going to last very long. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, Customer service is a forgotten thing, and I just don't want to. I want to make sure everybody's taken care of, and uh, they just uh, just gonna be a little, you know, a couple, maybe a day or two longer than what it was, but uh, we'll get them taken care of. Yeah, and people are gonna understand. And you're you're absolutely right. If you put your put your customers first, um, they you know they get it. They and get it, and they're supportive. You yeah. know, it's just amazing. Well, it, it, amazing been, I'll tell you what, if everybody's been super, super supportive, then that's that's the only way that uh, that's the only way that I've been. Uh, you know, I've got I've made it. You know, with uh, you know everybody, it's uh, I don't know what uh, I may have went crazy. You know, it's uh, you know it's there for the you know the, my friends and you know it uh, being here and just you know it just and you know having the support is a uh, is a big thing. And I mean that that's what keeps me getting up and going. You know, and it's. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people probably maybe want to see it, you know, you know, go down or whatever. And then, uh, you know, we can't, uh, you just got to get out just keep your head to the go, you know, those are the grindstone and, and keep it plugging and, uh, just do your best, do all you can do. And, uh, you know, let the better play out. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be, I don't, you know, the man upstairs, I mean, 
the eagle put the eagle puts something on you that you just can't absolutely get on handle. You know, just like uh, like you know what, but you know when this happened here, you know, I mean it's uh, I'm gonna make it. You know, it just uh, makes it a little tough, and uh, you know it makes uh, makes things a little rough on you. But uh, you know, you can't uh, you can't you can't get down and uh, get down. That's that's when it get, things get bad. You just gotta keep it going and stay positive is the main thing, and uh, uh, things will work out. Absolutely, and for what it's worth, buddy. I mean, you know, my 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 dad. He he got me started, um, you know, into waterfowling, and you know, he's my best friend too. And and um, you know, I, I tell you, I'm really fortunate to still have him around. Um, but if nothing else from this incident, uh, you know, it it sure made me realize how fortunate I am you know, still have him around. And, um, I tell you, you know, there's been times when I've been busy and the phones rang, it's been him. And I've thought for a second, Oh, you know, I, I'm right in the middle of something, you know, I'll, I'll call him back some other time. And I've thought, Nope. You know, I, yeah. I, I find myself stopping what I'm doing. Cause you, you never know, you know, when, right. when the that's last time we're going to get to talk to him. So well, that's, that's exactly right. Cause, I mean, you, if you thought if, if I if, if I knew that uh, he you know if he the last time remember he got in that truck because he wasn't in a big hurry that day it's almost like the 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 body knew what the mind didn't because uh-huh. you know if you, anybody that's been around dad you know over the years I mean he was he was hundred mile an hour and you know go go let's go so go you know he was just he wanted to get stuff done and and that day he he didn't you know. It was just he never put his foot up when he backed out of my driveway. He never put his foot on the gas, and he never put his foot on the gas when he got to the edge of the road here. And he sat there, and I was sitting here messing with the fishing stuff in the giant in the John boat here. And I thought, what is he doing? You know, and he just eased out, and he barely he just crept out of sight. Went to the, turned out left and went to because he's going to the farm, you know. And he went out of sight, and you know, my house went behind the house, and it's almost like he was, you know. He wasn't saying goodbye, you know, but if I knew that that was going to be the last time I ever seen seen him to the rest of my life, you know, I took it for granted. I just figured, you know, I'll see you tonight. I'll see you here in a little bit, you know. I didn't, I just, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, tell him. We just sit there and talked about the decoys and what we were going to do at the farm, you know, and the spread on the west side. And, you know, he said, I ain't never had that corn to go back this far. And we are going to put uh, some black and white uh, silhouettes out, you know, shadows and stuff in that corn. And we just had that conversation. We even get to my truck. And he said, well, come on. I'm going to head to – he got to come by here and got a battery charger. And I'm heading to the farm. I said, all right, I'll be down there in a little bit. And something, something kept me from, you know, something kept me here and messing with these decoys here at the, at the, uh, in the garage here. And, uh, hey, I mean, you told me that. I'd have, I'd have hugged him. I'd have never let him go. But you don't know. And, I mean, that's anybody. That's why I tell everybody, you know, if you still, I don't care if your dad, if you live 20 miles away from your dad, if he says, you know, come on, I mean, you know, if he needs you to come pick the paper up out of the, out of the yard and take up out of the door to him, don't pass that opportunity up. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're never going to, you don't, you don't know. I mean, it's, it's a blink of an eye. You're gone. I'll tell you what, it's, it's really, it sucks. To, it sucks to something like that's got to happen for you to start looking at things differently in life. But I mean, I, I, I think about things, uh, a lot differently, um, than what I used to. I used to just, I think about things twice nowadays when I used to just, I used to just not even think about, uh, 
consequences of the, you know, what could happen or, you know, I mean, just do ignorant stuff. And, you know, now it's just, you know, because you're here and you can be gone in a blink of an eye. And it's, it's pretty, it's really, really opened my eyes up that, you know, after this has happened, it, uh, you know, I think about things, uh, and that may be because I'm, I'm in my thirties now too, but I mean, still yet I, I, I was, uh, it's, it's changed the way that I, I think and, and, uh, process things is, you know, and it's, uh, but, uh, that's just, that's just part of life. That's one thing you are guaranteed for sure is we are all going to go. One one point in time or another, you know, we're all going. So that's right. We just don't know when. So, but uh, he's in, you know, he's in a better place. I mean, as far as you know, that is, I mean, he's he's. There's no limits up there. There's no. I mean, there's ten pounders swimming around everywhere, and uh, it's it's all. You know, it's all. I tell you what, the migrators are still arriving. They're still flying. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. No Uh doubt. So it. He's having he's having fun up there. There's a lot of you know his, his buddies that he's you know reunited with, and it's uh, they're having a big time. They're having a big time. I don't know if it's worth playing or not, but if you if you want to hear it, we we've got the we've got the the calling sequence of your dad from that outlaw video. Yeah, I will tell you what, I like we was talking. I didn't. I've never I've never uh, seen that video or nothing. I've never. Uh, I don't even remember Dad talking about that or, or anything because hell, I would been that was that made me five oh, years old. Man, I th- you were, I guarantee you, because this was back in '92. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I I know that. I mean, this was like one of the most influential calling sequences that absolutely that anybody ever yeah recorded. I mean, and I know that because I've talked to guys like Sean Stahl and Bill Saunders, and they all feel the same way. So um, let's play that. Been uh, Tim Grounds from Southern Illinois. T- Tim, tell us about your goose calls. Well, my number one seller is the variable tone honker. It comes in a in a uh, a, a solid uh, OD or mossy oak. And uh, the unique thing about this call, you can blow it without doing anything to the guts two different ways. The back pressure is a lot easier for the average guy to start blowing. This is why my my number one seller because it's the length is longer. When you remove this bell right here, it'll still operate, and you've got to operate it with your hand being the bell. I want to demonstrate what this call sounds like to you. So this is this is a call that anybody can pick up and blow with a bell on it. And this is what it sounds like. sounds it'll make besides that but the unique thing about this call it's why I call it the variable tone honker you can remove the bell and your hand becomes the bell it sounds like this here you notice the pitch went up sure but the back pressure also went up so it's it's really a two calls in one that's probably my number one seller but uh, Getting into the new call I've got now is the half breed. And the half breed is available in a plastic, in the green, or the mossy oak. And it's also available in walnut, which I have featured right here, or coca-bola. Also, my flute calls, backing up just a little bit, the guide's best is also available in coca-bola and walnut. But getting back to the half breed, the half breed is a short reed style call. You can see 
It's the same call as the guy that's best, only there's a lot of work done to it. And it's it's more of a, it's about as custom as, uh, about as close to a custom plastic call as you can get. You pop there into this call, and I want to demonstrate what it sounds like. To my ear, I didn't think I'd ever have anything I sa that sounded better than the flute. And there'll always be a place for the flute in the, in the field. This call has got more of a high end to a low gander to a young goose. Pitches. This one here is pitch a little bit higher than this one is. Don't you hear what the walnut one sounds like? Like I said, that is, some guys are picking it up and going with it, and some guys that's blow the flute for years, coming to find out there's another tool out there that, that works just as good as the flute does. That's it, man. That absolutely sold me at 13 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, and um, talking about the walnut and the Coca-Cola, which I think there wasn't, there wasn't very many in the, the flute calls, too. All the guys best, there wasn't many wooden, uh, wooden guys best made. And just like the same in the way with the, uh, the half breed. I don't, I don't, I don't know how there wasn't, there wasn't, there was just maybe just a certain, certain few run up, runs of them. And then he came out with a, you know, the short mag and then the, then the long magnum. Right. Uh, and then, and then there was the, the honkers magic magnet in there at some point too, right? Yep. That was in the mix. And I, I'm gonna, I've been, I've been having, uh, uh, some guys talk about that, you know, think, you know, yeah, you ever thought about doing that? And I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to end up, um, probably next year. That's, that's one thing I'm going to, in my, in the works that we're going to get, uh, we're going to come back out with it the same way. Um, cause he didn't have a, she didn't have any O-rings or didn't have a, you know, brass insert like, you know, uh, that these, you know, wooden calls do nowadays. But that's what I'm going to do for next year. Probably is I'm going to, it's going to be just the same look. Could be a walnut uh, walnut insert with a uh, a maple uh, maple barrel, and uh, but it'll have O rings and uh, you know brass insert, and uh, probably going to offer it, um, you know, with uh, the you know the original uh, triple crown guts or with the the half breed guts, and then you know so you'll have the sound just like that half breed you just heard. Oh man, yeah. So that... it'll be just something that you know something that that you know, whenever he started out with, and because uh, we've got the half breed still yet, and we don't have the, that's, you know, we don't offer the Honda's Magic Magnet like, you know, we had back then, so it's something that I'm going to try to, you know, bring back to the line. Right on. That's cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if there's anything we can do to help, you, you just holler. Absolutely. Same here. Same here. And, um, here, buddy. and, and one of the things that, um, I've got to get my hands on, uh, that, that I forgot to mention was I saw that you have some, um, some hoodies, some in, uh, in memory of, of the, uh, the legend himself. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got hoodies. I've got, uh, uh, long sleeve and short sleeve. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just, uh, we can make it happen, brother. Yeah, well, um, 
yeah, I'm going to have to get my hands on, on one of those and, and, uh, I'm going to have to get my hands on a good, on a good wood call too. It sounds like, um, God, that super, that super mag with the triple crown guts, like what you won the, the world with. I might have to get my hands on one of those too. Yeah, they, uh, that's, uh, that's going to be the, that's, that's always been a good seller. The Super Mag, even, you know, without the Triple Crown, that's been a great seller throughout the years. I mean, it's still yet a good seller. Um, but it just depends on what kind of a pitch deal to, you know, you're looking for. You know, it's, uh, if you want something a little higher, but uh, a little quicker, you know, I'd maybe the G Overhauler. Um, but uh, if you want something that's, you know, going to be a little deeper and a little bit more fuller, um, that, that's what you just said, man. You ain't going to beat it. Yeah, I like that deep, full, really ghostly, kind of goosey. It would sound so amazing over water, too, you know? It does, yep. yep. And that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's what guys ask me. They say, well, what do you use? Well, I, me personally, I said I go with a little bit of better, you know, more durability because uh, I'm, you know, throwing stuff around. I'm not the easiest on things. And, you know, it's, uh, I just, you know, if I'm going to blow between a wood or acrylic, I go with acrylic. And I, I, I always tell them, I say, hey, there's guys out there that will not use nothing but a wood call, you know, and that's just personal, personal preference. You got to baby it just a little bit more as far as, you know, the swelling and all that. But I mean, it does have its own sound. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's a sound that it's going to be a lot better, you know, a lot more mellower over, over the water for sure. And I mean, it's, uh, um, I don't know, you know, what kind of wood you're looking for, but, uh, uh, we can, we can definitely find you one, buddy. What a lot of people don't know is, um, that is that Tim bought some of the very, very first um, DSDs ever. Yep. And, hey, and I've still got them in the, in the field. I'm hunting over them. Still oh, get this day. And, and it's, uh, yep, I've still got them. And I'll tell you what, now, uh, because these, when, we, when, we put out, when we put out our decoys, I mean, when they go out in the field, we don't pick them up every day. They stay out. Mm-hmm. So when they go out, when they go out, they, I mean, they've been in the weather, they've been in the sun, they've been in all that. And I tell you what, I mean, there at times some of them decoys have been out to, at a, you know, over a month. So, and then when we pick them up, we don't put them in a bag. I mean, we, we use them. And I mean, we're not, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a different way of, uh, you know, a way of hunting. I mean, if we're hunting mobile, yeah, I mean, you, you know, may put them in a bag, but I mean, back then, that, that paint on them decoys in 1999 he got from you is still on their tip-top shape, and that's no kidding. I mean, we don't put them on a stand. We put them in a they're, they're laying there. I mean, they're, they've been used. And that's 20, this year will be 20 years. Now, there may be a beak blowed off of one or busted off of one, but as far as I'm telling you what, they're still good enough. And I tell you what, I put them right in the, right in the kill hole still yet. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. And, and you know, that's what's great. funny is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, <clears throat> geez, um, the, the, the way I actually met Dave was, you know, I didn't even meet him until right around then, maybe 98, 99. But, um, you know, I'd been, I'd been blowing Tim Brown's goose calls. When did DSD come about? 1990, was it 99 or was it, was it 99? Whenever you went and you started? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, But see, um, Dave had, Dave had already been making, um, his original, um, Lesser Canada Goose decoy, which well, you started making those in what ninety nine? Yeah, I started working on the sculpture in ninety eight, right? And got right. the first one done somewhere around ninety eight, so, ninety nine. So you probably got it done around oh one, oh two. Yeah, <laughs> no, just I'm giving him a hard time. 
um, <laughs> anyway, so Ouch. I know I, I hear about like, so I've been <laughs> Hunter, I've been blowing Tim Ground's goose calls, like, you know, all through high school. I mean, ever since I started hunting geese, I was blowing Tim Ground's goose calls. And, and so, you know, I mean, like I totally idolized him and everything, you know, and, and, um, and I hear, I, I get to college in what, 90, 98 or so. And, um, and one of my college buddies is from up in this area where, where Dave lives. And he's like, man, he's like, there's this guy that makes decoys up, up by me. And, um, they're really amazing. They're like super realistic. And, and even, even Tim grounds buys them. And I'm like, what Tim grounds. I was like, so you mean outlaw outlaw silhouettes, right? You know, cause Cause Tim had started using, um, outlaws, but they were out of Eastern Washington. So I was kind of a little bit confused there. And they're like, no, no, these are full body. These are full body decoys. They're, they're made by a guy named Dave Smith. And so I never even, you know, never even heard of Dave before, um, this friend of mine told him. And the only reason he really caught my attention was because, because your dad was buying decoys from him. <laughs> so... I'll tell you what it's 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 uh I'll tell you what there there there's nothing any more realistic than them things man they that's that's one hell of a decoy you guys got out no okay. doubt I don't care if it's a deer deer decoy bar none turkey decoys <clears throat> bar none I mean there's no doubt about it. I mean the deer decoy it's 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 amazing just the just the muscle the muscle you know oh you got all all I mean it's we could we've got that one and it's uh it looks just like one, and and then you you know, I mean, let me go back to the Canada goose side of, uh, of the of your line. It's just you don't there's there's nothing anything out there that's going to compare, and it's um, you know, made in the USA. That's the main thing, and uh, you know it's uh, it's the them new ones you've got out with them big lookers, man. It just I seen them. I said, holy cow! But uh, yeah, yeah well, you know you know what you know what uh, you know what I told you, but I'm I'm waiting to see. Uh, don't you, Dave and Brad? I'm 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 wanting to see it. It'll be you know, it could be unbelievable. You know, it's, I mean, it. Uh, oh, I'd love to see a spread of them. Oh yeah, well we'll we'll, we'll we'll make we it happen. It I mean, I it's yeah. Let me tell you something, man. I can say this because I'm not the artist here. I'm not the talented one. I'm just a bean <laughs> counter. But oh man, you should see how far his his sculptures have come, you know, since those, those first ones that, that your dad bought from him, you know, 20, 20 years ago. Um, these new one piece honkers we got, they're awesome. I mean, these things, these things seriously kick ass. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not got to put my hands on, you know, the brand new ones you guys come out with, but man, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing better. I mean, it's, it's you, I mean, it's a hundred percent. I mean, no doubt. I mean, there's no, there's no question or, I mean, that that's, that's where it's at. It's the real thing. No doubt about it. I mean, it's, you know, and it's, that's one hell of a talent. That's for sure. That's, uh, it's amazing. You guys better stop talking. My head's swelling up over here. I appreciate that like crazy, Hunter. That's, I'll tell you what, listen, I, I work out of my home. A lot of people don't realize that the shop is, is, you know, almost a hundred miles away. So, so I work out of this dark little, you know, damp du- dungeon, and I'm so isolated from our, from our customers and from the world. And, uh, you know, I just, sometimes I don't really know, you know, and when I'm working on that stuff, I, I try to picture, 
you know, somebody like you, um, um, you know, having a really good hunt with clients or, or some, you know, some, 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 some dad taking his daughter, you know, on his first goose hunt or whatever it is, or, or sometimes I picture my own hunting. Like if I want to kill some neck collars or something, or, you know, a resident flock that's really tough or whatever. Um, it's hard to keep motivated and stuff like that. But you know, when I, when I hear things like that, boy, it really fires me up and charges me up and, uh, makes, makes some of those long, lonely days, uh, totally worth it. So I, I appreciate that a lot. I'll tell you what, I, I mean, I can, I can see, I can, you know, just from the, uh, you, you know, everybody on Facebook and stuff and, you know, everybody, I mean, you've got a, you got a one hell of a following and, uh, you got a lot of support, man. And it's, um, it's, uh, I mean, that's, that's why, because it's just, there's nothing out there that can compare to the real thing, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one hell of a talent you have. And it's, uh, there's a lot of them out there. I wish they had that talent. And I mean, they, they try, they try to get there, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of us try to do it copy your decoys too and then you know it's uh they're just always a day late and a dollar short and it ain't gonna happen hmm. so um and it's uh and i'm i'm humbled that you know whenever you guys you know left me that message brad left me that message the other night uh you know about giving him a call and you know and uh all that i mean it was uh it was very humbling and i mean it was a it was an honor i, I thought you know i got i mean it just it lit a fire underneath me you know and uh it made me uh it made me, I just sat there and thought, no, you know, no kidding, you know, and I'm like, that's, that's, that's pretty humbling to even be asked, you know, from them, uh, something like that, and uh, I do, uh, I want to thank you guys, and it's, uh, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's humbling as ever. Right on. Oh, well, <laughs> buddy, let me tell you, I've, no, I've said this before, but I mean it, like, the pleasure is all ours. I mean, seriously, if you would have told me, you know, 20 years ago even that i would be talking to hunter grounds you know on on a on a podcast that you know i would have never believed it so so thank yeah. you for for coming here and talking with us hey thank you for having me and uh it uh we'll try to get together uh we try to get together this season and uh maybe full a few of them that'd be fun hey and we will make you a we'll make you a video um a digital video copy of that of this tape um okay we might have to do it might involve a little bit of piracy um but we're okay with that we'll we'll make it happen we know a guy okay yeah <laughs> right all right well thank right. thanks a lot hunter you, and uh keep up the good work and take care of yourself and stay in touch all right we'll do